everybody, Andrea here. Welcome back to another session of The Bind. As you know, we've been talking about this role of the rebel, and I began in the last session just introducing you to this concept. And I hope that she, to some degree, resonated with some of you out there, and you're more curious to explore this part. Today, I can't help but be excited to dig more deeply into the part within us known as the rebel. In my practice, I guarantee you she will be a part that comes out in at least one of my sessions each day that I practice. She's the kid tucked into the corner after receiving her bout of discipline for yet another quote-unquote bad choice she made, being systemically taught her place. You know, that chair in the corner, her nose to the wall, that communicates to her where she belongs when she chooses to act out. All the while, she's being trained to stay unseen. She can't help but chuckle at the naughty little thing she did, wondering what's so wrong with my behavior after all. The rebel holds a curiosity about the world that she exists in, and she can't help but wonder what will happen if she really does hit that red self-destruct button on the wall that the tribe has been adamantly instructed not to press for imminent danger and destruction, and corruption surely will occur. The rebel provokes change. She stirs the pot. She begs to discover the discomfort that will arise in testing that boundary of seeing how far she can go. Isn't she awesome? But if she's so awesome, then why do so many of us try so hard to keep her contained and adamantly confined? Well, how about I start by telling you a story in which I began to explore my own rebellious part. Up until this point, I haven't really talked to you all about my personal faith slash religious journey. Uh, It's really taken me a little bit of time to get my wings for that, rightfully so. It's such an intimate part of who we are that it becomes kind of difficult to think about sharing that part of who we are with other people. But this is actually a very good place because a lot of times where our rebel tends to be contained is often in the systems in which we participate. For many years, I have walked as a Christian and a follower of Christ, and that has lended itself to my own journey within a church system or multiple church systems. And I've had to navigate what that looks like for me and what it has looked like for me in different times of my life. A couple of years ago, I was probably more so active in church events than I am today. And that rebel part's actually part of why I don't participate quite as much today as I once did. So a couple of years ago, I was attending a Christian book study that somebody at my church was holding. And I have to be honest with you all, I hated the book that we were reading. And by that time, I was also getting kind of worn out at going to women's Bible studies and women's book studies, but it was the quote unquote good and right thing to do. That surely is yet another marker and indicator that I'm doing something right in my faith journey. So I decided to attend this book study all the while reading a book that I'm like, this is crap. And if I'm honest, I think that the author who wrote it probably would 
say today that it's crap as well, because I, I happen to know that that author went through a journey of her own, which she had to be her own rebel and unsubscribe from many of the thought patterns she had been walking in, in her Christian life. So I'm comfortable saying that the book is crap and the author is human. So there came a point in the book in which we as a group were processing a concept and one of the women spoke up about how it resonated with her. And what it boils down to is this woman was sharing with the group something that she had suggested take place within her family and her husband shut it down. And based on the information she was sharing, I mean, it sounded like he was borderline, like emotionally abusing her and everybody like a common theme in women's Christian groups is that <clears throat> is that we tend to dive into those situations in which someone chooses to be vulnerable and we attempt to save that person by giving them advice that we think might work better for them or help guide them into how much more deeply enhancing their prayer life would help that situation and surely God would just convert her husband through her prayers. Anyway, I was getting kind of annoyed as everybody was round robining in this situation, telling her all the things she could do better to make the situation better. And I had this internal moment where I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this shit? And I was done with it. And in that moment, I had made this conscious choice to be the rebel. And trust me, everybody, we all know what the rebel wants. That's when she lives inside of us internally, we know what she's about to do. And oftentimes we contain her because she scares us to death. And so we withhold from saying that thing that we really want to say, or we withhold from the vulnerability because our protection, our safety often trumps our freedom. But today on this day, I was feeling brave and I was like, okay, rebel, it's your time to shine. And so I burst out in the group and said, I would be pissed off and I would do it anyway. And the response that I received from the woman who was actually hosting the book party or the book club, she turns to me and kind of shrugs her hands into like a folded position and gleams her eyes and says, now, is that what a godly woman would say? And I responded to her. Typically, I would shrink up and I would say nothing. But no, the rebel was out today and she was going to destroy. And I looked at her and I said, I don't care. And this woman didn't really like that response. And eventually it became too much in the room. And so she redirected the conversation, right? Like, like my big emotions were too much for that room to contain. So surely we must move forward. So later that night, I received a message via Facebook in which the host of this study wanted to utilize carefully selected scripture to inform me of the error of my ways earlier that afternoon. As you can assume, it went over extremely well with me. Uh, actually, what it led me to do was exit myself from said book study. And from that moment on, it led to this series of events in which I had to really combat and spend an intentional amount of time with the rebellious part of myself. I wish that I could tell you that 
I felt so liberated in that moment that I spoke out against what I thought was ridiculousness. Instead, what happened was, as I unleashed the rebel part of myself, and then what we all fear is going to happen did happen. I was confronted by one of my judges, one of the people who was part of a system that works really hard to contain people when they operate outside of the expectation of the system. When she reached out to me, number one, it was huge just to have that experience in that room in which you could actually feel, I felt in my body, that instantaneous split of the room in which half the people are saying, oh no, she didn't. And half the people in that room are cringing because they're so uncomfortable by this outrageous outburst of this woman who clearly needs prayer. And that's often what the rebel does. The rebel takes a system and she shakes it up and it causes some form of division or existential exploration of the system. We don't really enjoy the rebel because she provokes a sense of unsafety. So I already felt the discomfort in that room and I was feeling pretty nervous like throughout the rest of my day. Like part of me was like really excited that the rebel part of me came out. And then there was another part of me that was like, oh crap, I'm going to have to really do some damage control from her opening her big mouth today. And then I received a message from this other individual who was hosting the study, who was letting me know how bad I am. And she even had scripture to back it up and prove it. I felt so much gut-curdling shame and guilt in that moment. And I was awake all night long, just stirring and ruminating and processing thoughts about how bad I am and how inappropriate it was for me to speak loudly to the group and how I can't possibly show my face around these individuals ever again. She let me know in that message that I made some people uncomfortable earlier today. So now I knew that what I did was exceptionally bad because I was having, because I was being a bad influence now on the system. Oh crap, I'm the rebel. I'm her. So that night, as my thoughts are ruminating and I'm feeling awful about myself, I laid there and in prayer, I just had to formulate this really straight tunnel visioned image of myself, just going to God and saying, God, show me truth, show me truth, point out to me the direction that I need to take with this. I think oftentimes as believers, we think that God's going to give us this instantaneous magical answer. But the way I experience God is he takes us on a journey more so than he provides an answer. So the next day, I really did feel okay in what I said during that study. I think that I came to terms with the idea that it wasn't that what I said was so outlandish. It was more so that the room couldn't hold it and they didn't actually know how to ask questions about it. So instead of doing the process, let's just shut it down and not cultivate any space for it because we have to subscribe to the systems that are already in place. They're what we subscribe to initially and we can't, surely we cannot deviate from all of the rules that have been put in place of how we are supposed to behave in order to live good lives. So 
that day, like I said, I experienced peace about what I had said. I felt less and less sorry about what I had said and my quote unquote behavior. But I still had to walk down this journey of experiencing myself not wanting to show up at church for the faces that I would run into and how I would feel so naked in front of them and rebellious in front of them. Like, oh, it's Andrea. We're going to treat her really nicely. But then behind her back, we're going to whisper together, it's her. Don't get too close. That's what it felt like it was going to be to me. I was the one that was the bad example that we need not look to for greater advice in the world. So I'm walking in that and I choose to continue going to church, but my response to it is I'm going to go, I'm going to sit, I'm going to keep tunnel vision on, and then I'm going to exit stage left as soon as church is over with. And then more time goes by and I spend some more time with the rebellious one who had this outburst. Like, do I even belong in this faith system? I mean, obviously I don't fully agree with certain ways that we're living it out and operating in it. Certainly now I'm the rebel. And so if I'm the problem, I should probably leave and go exist somewhere else. So all of these things were happening for me at this level in which I was having to process this micro trauma of the rebel coming out in a system where I had developed a sense of safety and existence. What I found though And this has been two years now since this occurred. And I was actually on a journey during that two years where I had to ask myself, why did that part of me come out? And I can't speak for everybody, but what I learned was I was really just getting tired of existing in a culture that felt like it communicated one identity, but lived out another identity. And what I mean by that is it just really felt like it was lacking authenticity. And there was this way that we tended to put, we would label behaviors that didn't subscribe to the system as bad. And anybody who thought too much outside of the system is a rebel and we probably ought to have a talking to with them and we probably ought to use scripture to back up our discomforts. I had to go deeply into my rebel part and ask her why she did what she did. For me, where I landed was, it was not my desire to stop being a follower of Christ and a believer, but what I chose to do was to walk away from the way I was living out the faith that I love. So I was able to maintain the part of me who loves my spirituality, but I had to start making more space for the part of me that learned that it was okay to ask questions and not merely subscribe to a system that was imparted to me that I didn't have all the answers to why we chose to do the things we chose to do. So in that process, as I dug more deeply into the part of me that subscribes to a faith, I learned a couple of things. And for that, I'm quite grateful to my rebellious part. First of all, I learned that the system subscribes to a set of beliefs that has served it well to some capacity. The next thing I learned was that in choosing to bring out the rebel to out her to the system, it really meant that a part of me was going to begin to fall away, which ultimately meant 
also that I was going to lose a sense of my safety within the tribe. The other thing that I learned, though, was, well, what if that part is actually quite smart? And what if she can think for herself and realize that she doesn't necessarily need the safety of the system? What if she begins to recognize a more authentic and organic existence within the system as her free self rather than her contained self. The other thing I learned, and maybe one of the important parts about the system, is that just because it's valuable doesn't mean that it has to remain stagnant. I actually have permission to explore it and grow with it and cultivate myself within it, rather than leave it. Some people may have a hard time dealing with this, but I can't do other people's work for them, and I also can't tell another person what their walk ought to look like and what belief sets they ought to or ought not subscribe to. It's an individualized experience, but there are some things that hold the system together that also hold value. As you all begin to explore the possibility that maybe there's a little more rebel within you than you had made space to believe in times prior, I want for you to become a little more brave in asking her questions or him questions about who this rebel part is. Where is it coming from? Why the rebellion now? What's so discomforting about the system that the rebellious part of me wants to shake it a little bit to see what falls? Or perhaps why do I maintain such a secret life within this system to stay safe, but silently I am suffocating? One of the questions that you should be processing in an ongoing kind of way is whether or not the rebel part is bad Or does she merely make you feel uncomfortable? Because I guarantee you, we withhold the rebel parts of ourselves far more often because she cultivates a feeling of discomfort where we have to do that hard work of processing why we're beginning to rebel. And we have to deal with the responses from other people who experience it with us and give them our best guess at why we're doing it and why we're okay with our rebellion, all the while they may not be. Again, this rebellious part, she's a journey. She's not an instantaneous answer. She's not a one-day flippant freak-out moment in which you go ballistic on the world. She's a part that is worthy of just as much space within you as the good girl is, or the safe girl In fact, what's even more beautiful about her is she's the one who raises her hand and she's in that corner, right? Because she's been disciplined and she's just sitting there taking the punishment that somebody delved out for her for the behavior she did that she didn't realize was so bad after all. And she says, do you still love me? The rebel provokes you to recognize still your worthiness of love for yourself 
and from others. It's been a really fun session to get to talk yet about this wonderful rebellious part. And I think it's only appropriate that after talking about her, that we start shifting into this whole concept of self-love and why it is so hard for so many of us to engage in self-love. I hope everybody has a great week and I will see you all again very soon. Be well.